Last week, we talked about getting started. Yes. And uh, I listened to that podcast a few times because I was editing it, mm-hmm. you know, editing out all our mouth noises and all of that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I feel like you actually gave some pretty good advice, I have to say. Did I? Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. I was like listening to this and like, you know, last week I was so sleep deprived that I feel like so was I. a lot of what you said was flying past me Yeah. in the moment. Me too, man. It was just coming straight out of me. I was running on fumes. Well, whatever, what going on. whatever's coming out of the hose was, was not bad, <laughs> I've got to say. <laughs> yeah, so you talked about writing about your experiences, I think. Mm-hmm. Writing about your experiences, just getting started, sharing what you're doing, using that as a point for getting started. Mm. And I think that's not that bad advice, i got to say. Yeah? Yeah. I think for me, one of the things that I – was struggling with, and I still struggle with a bit, was the notion that, you know, you start with what you're kind of doing, mm-hmm. and then you hit, there's an end point of, I'm going to be making a living off this. Yes. And that feels very far away. There's a big gap. A big gap. For me, it, the big problem is facing that gap mm-hmm. and how to cross that chasm. Yep. Whether you have to trust the process or whatever it is that you mm. have to do to maybe even trick yourself to being able to make those steps across the gap. And that's what I've been reflecting on a bit in this yeah. past week. So would you, where did you come to at the end of So with this, like you're facing this chasm of I want to create content, but when is it going to pay off, quote unquote pay off? What, what, that can mean different things to different people, but – for you, it's like, okay, you would like to make some sort of living off of this kind of stuff. Hmm. Hmm. Good question. <laughs> Considering this is what I've been thinking about the past week. Yeah. Well, what, what, what are you thinking at the moment? Like from last week, what I remember, it was the fears are around, okay, how long is this going to take potentially? Mm-hmm. Like, is it going to be a waste of time? Is, is everyone, anyone going to even listen? Who am I even talking to? Those are a couple of the things mm-hmm. that I was sort of, I remember. Yeah, that's right. And, so there's a few things there. There's who am I talking to? Mm. Getting over that one. My initial idea and that you mentioned in the last podcast was building for yourself. I mean, at least if you do it for yourself, then you're building something that someone will use, mm. even if it's just you. And you talked about, you know, you're going deep into the YouTube rabbit hole, right? Mm-hmm. Where YouTube editing rabbit hole. And you've said to me in the past that you've learned that's like a skill, you know, being yeah. able to capture someone's attention for x minutes and capturing them throughout the video yep is a hard thing to do and one of the things that you summarized was that a lot of these editors they try to improve the mental state of someone so that after they watch the video their their mental state is improved in some way and so that was kind of what i was thinking about with my content or whatever i choose to produce is having it improve my own mental state Mm -hmm. either after having written it or after having consumed it yeah and at the very least, then there might not be any monetary reward, but at least in the moment, it's moved myself forward mm-hmm. in my life. Yep. So that's one of the ways I was thinking about getting over that hump for producing my own content, nice. just making it for myself. And then one of the other things I was thinking about was that when you're creating your content, you are also learning the art of creating content, mm-hmm. which is a good thing in general, just to have that skill mm-hmm. of how to write or how to speak how to edit that kind of stuff and that in itself is valuable and probably some third thing but 
that's an interesting point right because it's the creation of the content like first you've got to have something to say then you've got to figure out what vehicle that you're going to say it in mm-hmm. and then how are you going to present it in a way that's engaging but also in a way that you enjoy making as well because mm. it's going to be very short-lived if you absolutely hate doing video or you hate doing blog posts or writing yeah it's just going to be such an uphill battle because there is no real reward necessarily in the very beginning. Yeah, and you, you remind me of another point, mm. which is that you learn your own preferences, mm-hmm. which I've personally throughout my life have not been very good at doing, you know, <laughs> learning what I actually like. <laughs> I, I don't know about yeah. you, but yeah, learning what you actually like is like an ongoing process of discovery. And, and by writing or by creating audio, you learn what comes easy for you mm-hmm. and what is just like a slug through the mud or whatever mm-hmm. it is. And yeah, that's, that in itself is also valuable, not just learning what you're writing about, but learning if the process is enjoyable and what process you enjoy in the first place. Yeah. yeah. And it's kind of like on a, on a spectrum in a way, like some days it changes all the time for me. Some days I want to do a video. I'm like really motivated to do a video. Other mm-hmm. days I'm like, oh, fuck, I don't want to turn this bloody camera on. So I'm just going to do a voiceover and a recording. Mm-hmm. So I don't think you necessarily have to choose one particular way of doing things. I think the fun is like experimenting mm-hmm. as well. Like I, I think you and I are similar and like we just like diving deep into certain topics mm-hmm. and like testing things out and doing little experiments here and there. And I think if you tackle the content creation in that way, it then it's just it's just a game. Mm. It's that's in a way it's kind of like a game. It's like oh this this one worked, this one didn't. All right, mm. let's do more of the one that worked. Mm. And then you ask yourself, do I like doing that? Cool. All right, double, triple down on that, and, mm. and continue to sort of mine that vein. But yeah. So how much would you say that's like following your curiosity? Oh, it's a, almost like a hundred percent. Because it's like, or maybe not a hundred percent. Because if I just followed my curiosity, then I'd. Well, that, that's what I said. I think maybe last week you're in an advantage in a sense because no one's listening to you yet that there's no sort of shackles on what you could talk about or like there's no there's not an extra layer of procrastination fear where it's like oh i shouldn't do this because this isn't for my or quote unquote my audience Mm. right because i can't go and as much as i might want to i can't go and talk about like tech stuff or like what I talked to you about before this podcast, like mm. doing the, creating my blog and like the next JS quirks and JavaScript bits and pieces that just, I, I love just nerding out over. It, no one's going to give a shit mm. uh, or like a majority of my audience isn't going to give a shit. So it, it doesn't make sense. And now cause I've it's sort of converted into a business for me, mm. business wise, it doesn't make sense because that's potential unfollows, which is potential customer loss. Mm. Yeah, so you've got an advantage in that sense as well. Mm, yeah, you know, we were talking about the Steph Smith book, um, mm. Doing Content Right, and she says something about when you've built this audience, you've almost like made a contract with them of like, yeah. this is the content I'm going to produce. Yeah. And then any time you go outside of that box, it's like, I'm breaking that contract with you. Yeah. And then you kind of like hurt them, you know? Like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that what you're facing? Yeah, definitely. I don't have a strong pull to do anything super different. Yeah. I am in the stage of like, okay, I want to talk about the business side of this stuff and this is a big reason why we're starting this podcast Mm. is because it's sort of an outlet for us. We like to share and explore ideas and it's a good sort of way to get us to do that. But when we put these podcasts out, how am I going to share it? If I I share it to my broader audience, I guarantee you there's people – oh, I know for a fact there's creators 
quote unquote creators or content creators or whatever you want to call them, people that are making content for a living or want to do that, that mm-hmm. would be interested in this. It would be like super interesting. Others, they just want to learn how to draw and do art and figure yeah. out Photoshop and do stylized characters and that kind of stuff. And they're like, oh, I don't want any of this. So mm-hmm. that's kind of a, a crossroads I'm at at the moment because I want to expand what I talk about in that sense. It's still to do with what I'm – is very meta mm-hmm. in a way. So it's like it could just be interesting as a passing thing. But, yeah, where do I put that? And how – like is it every fifth post? Do mm-hmm. I put a little note? To say, oh, also, I've got a podcast with Francis and we talk about the business side and mm-hmm. how it's growing and we give real actionable tips on blah, blah, blah mm. and real life thoughts and this and that like this. How mm. meta is this, right? Like I'm talking about the thing that I'm going to be talking about. But yeah, I'm stuck kind of at the moment as to where that's going to go. So you feel by putting it on your main art channel that you'd break that contract? In a way, yeah. Mm. But kind of not because also I haven't thought of that's a very That's an interesting analogy. So I haven't thought about a contract. I just think about like human nature in a sense of like, okay, if you're following this thing for a particular reason, that's what you expect. But yeah, it's, it's a good way. It's a good analogy. Like, yeah, yeah. I struggle with that too because, you know, I follow a few people mm. and then if they start talking about stuff that's a bit too off brand or off topic, mm. I have the feeling that I want to unfollow them. Yeah. Especially if they start talking about like everyday stuff or like things like yeah, that or politics yeah. or things like that. It's like, you know, I just want to, I want to learn about what you're originally talking about. Yeah. You know, I wish you would talk more about that. But maybe that's an unfair expectation on me as a consumer. Well, that, that's exactly right. You're, you're a data point of one then because I've got people that like certain posts of mine mm. that want to see more of a certain post, but it doesn't make sense for me to do more of that post just because that one person likes it. Mm-hmm. You've almost got to think of it as like a mass. What's going to hit the most amount of my followers or my audience? And yeah, it's a, it's a, it's have- a tricky one. How much of your following do you think likes you for you? <laughs> likes well, you for, for the con- you know, put, your, your put, content? I put bugger all of my personal <laughs> life out there. Yeah. It's just from a personal standpoint, I don't think everyone gives a shit. Like what I had for breakfast or what, like, oh, I'm yeah. drinking coffee now. Yeah, big fucking whoop. Show me how to draw. Like that's what I feel in mm-hmm. a way. I think it could be folded into the content in a way where it makes sense, mm-hmm. where it, it makes sense to share a little bit more about me. Mm. Yeah, I don't know that kind of stuff either. But I'm sure there's some people that are just interested in like who is who am I? Mm. And this is a, a good opportunity for them to figure it out mm. as well, find out some of that stuff because it's it, it's yeah, I'm talking about other things that I'm interested in, and they mm-hmm. can see behind the scenes of when they're seeing the posts of what I'm thinking about and blah mm-hmm. blah. But again, it's got to be a certain type of person. And yeah, it's an interesting thing. Do I create another Instagram account? Mm. It's like Ben Eblen business or Ben Eblen content. You know what I mean? Because we're going to do a podcast. We're going to create socials for this. So it's yeah, it's it's, it's an interesting. It's a, it's a very fortunate problem to have. Mm-hmm. I'm not complaining by any means. It's just it's just what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. And it's just some things that I'm getting to. And as I'm building my my blog as well, I'm putting it on my blog. Mm. It's almost like the contract isn't there mm-hmm. because it's my space. Without saying, then like it's my space, like you know what I mean. It's my <laughs> part of the internet. Yeah. You've come here. It's not on a platform that people already. Have, mm-hmm. If that makes sense, so I can put whatever the shit mm-hmm. I want on there, and I can experiment a little bit more as well. Do you think it's almost akin to having like a TV channel? You know, yeah. like this is the Ben Eblen show, and then here's yeah. my different shows. That's what it feels like. Like you're not gonna the same person that's watching Game of Thrones might watch the discovery channel mm-hmm. but you're not going to have game of thrones on the discovery channel 
So it's weird. Mm. It's weird. It's an interesting problem to solve. You could go back and forth about this all day long. We could do another eight hours talking about it, the pros and cons of doing which way. I think you just got to try stuff mm. and not be afraid to like not please everyone mm-hmm. for the pure sake of just experimentation. If like, give it a shot. Oh, they didn't like that one. All right. Well, I'll give it a shot in another couple of weeks <laughs> and we'll see how we go. <laughs> try it Try it a little bit differently. Like, yeah, it's yeah, it's all experimentation. So what's your initial plan for setting it all up? So I've got the blog coming out where I'm going to be writing about businessy stuff. And art stuff? And art stuff. So it's like businessy stuff. I'm really like into learning how to learn. So there's literally three sections on the blog. Mm-hmm. I put out, I've actually put a story out just earlier, earlier as in yesterday, showing the website. And it's literally art, learning, and business. Mm-hmm. And it's three separate sections. So people can just go straight to the art stuff. People can go straight to the learning stuff or they can go straight to the business stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of, that's my first plan. And then in my newsletter, I'll promote some of my writings because mm-hmm. I think the people that are on the newsletter that are there just for my writings and hearing what I have to say and the curated resources that I put out, I think that's a good testing ground mm. to start with. But I'll also throw it up in my stories. I don't think I'll put it put that sort of stuff in the main feed. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about Instagram here as well. I don't think I'll put that up in my main feed. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you never know. But that's where I'm starting with. Just get it, get it out in the blog. Get the blog out first, then throw it into my newsletter and stories. Mm. I think that's... It sounds like a good testing ground just to see what yeah, people... Yeah, stories are great for testing. Mm. Like they're, they're actually a really good indicator for how well a post is going to go. That's mm. something I've found. Like there's a whole game to stories as well, at least at the moment as of whatever it is, October 2020. Mm. It could change tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But it's almost like with stories, if a story does well, when I mean do well, it's how many views it gets or how much reach it gets. Mm. So that's basically up to how Instagram promotes it? Yes, but there's a way to increase your chances of getting a story seen if it's a certain type of post. And the, the next story after that initial story and ongoing and ongoing, the story after that story after that is determined on how well the previous story goes. Mm. So if you don't hit on that first story, mm-hmm. I wouldn't put anything super important after that mm. because it's not going to be seen. Mm. So if you hit on one story and it goes well, which is usually something visual, it's either a work in progress and I always, for whatever reason I've found, if I put the color palette or like the color picker next to it, <laughs> it's just a weird thing. Like it's just mm-hmm. visually like it get, gets your attention. Mm-hmm. If you put the color picker next to it, even if it's a sketch and I've used none of those colors, mm-hmm. that gets attention mm-hmm. and that throws it into the algorithm. Mm-hmm. And then cool, if I want to promote something, if I want to do another post after that, that's a, a key time to do it. Mm-hmm. But if I just do like a more bland post, like a photo of my coffee or just me talking to the camera about random stuff that doesn't get attention really quick because stories mm. are super, super – like, I mean, you think Instagram posts are quick mm. when they're scrolling. You, stories are even quicker. You think how you're just flicking through them super quick. Mm. If it doesn't grab your attention, the reach is just going to go to shit. I wonder if that's because, because like you're saying, people go through that so quickly. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. No, I don't know if you ever watched a young person use TikTok. That's like a roller was, coaster of a – I was driving the other day <laughs> looking through the window – and he was just like, yeah, just, just like, looking at someone, just fing, 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 fing. Like, like processing this. Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. So that's why it's like, yeah, you've got to you grab that trick, attention. You trick the human mind to say, this is like an art post, you know? And then yeah. maybe that's what your color palette thing is doing. It, like, this yeah, is an art I, post. I think that's it. Or it's like, you've got to give value at the end of the day. And that's like a big thing I'm writing about in one of my first posts is like how I think about content. Mm. I put it right at the top. It's like TLDR, too long, didn't read, post content worth sharing. 
mm-hmm. or like worth viewing. Mm. That's really at the end of the day, it's got to be valuable. And what value is to different people or different content creators is going to be different. Like for me, value is like education, what I'm putting out. Mm-hmm. What are they going to get from this post? Others might be entertainment. It's got to be funny. That's mm-hmm. the value that you're giving. It could be insights. It could be insightful. It could be philosophical. Is Yeah, that kind of stuff comes down to that contract mm-hmm. that we talked about earlier, that contract that you sort of signed with the audience that you've built. So maybe you know, if we talk about segmenting your your work, you know, there's Benevolent SU and then mm. there's Benevolent Design, which is this sketch note, you know, tips on art, tips on process, tips on mindset about thinking about art. Mm. There's probably some group of people that almost like they respect your taste and curation. Mm-hmm. Those people seem to be more primed to your blog and kind of like Benevolent as a whole because they yes. trust you. And I find for me, when I'm following people, I tend to trust their taste and curation. Yeah, me too. Yeah. yeah. Even if they're like, going a little bit off their brand yeah you give them a bit of leeway yeah, yeah. You, you've given me some good stuff before i trust you yeah and so you're like it's building that kind of trust mm-hmm. and then there's this kind of other section which is just i want to get better at art yeah what brushes do you use yeah what brushes shut do up use? and tell me what brushes you use <laughs> <laughs> what brushes do you use what program do you use yeah, yeah. that's it what yeah. software yeah like even if it says i did this in photoshop i still ask it but that's okay yeah right. one of the tricky things I guess is that part of the reason we do this is it's a vehicle for self-expression and for expressing mm. the things that you want to do. Yeah, Beneblen as a whole is probably more the complete package of self-expression and then there's Beneblen art, which is mm. almost this mix of expression and what the audience wants to see. It's like yeah. you like you found the, the overlap and you're just like hammering it like crazy. Yeah. And I guess part of what this Beneblen as a whole thing is trying to find more overlaps in other areas. Yeah. Yeah. Or like reaching different people as well. Mm. Like as I start putting out the more business content, like I'm sure as shit going to do one of those threads where it's like I went from 500 to 200,000 followers on all platforms. This is how I did it. Emoji finger pointing down, emoji thread, one of 10. Wow. And then right at the end, check out more of my blog, 100%. <laughs> but yeah, Twitter's an interesting one as well. That's like a, a good testing ground. For mm. different kind of content because it's so stream of consciousness, it's not like going to be there forever, mm. which has its own, which is has its benefits and negatives. But yeah, it's like mm. a different bit more fleeting. Yes, very fleeting. Mm. And I think I don't know. It's hard to say, but it's less likely that someone might unfollow you unless you like offend them. Like if if you do if you do like try things out, mm-hmm. I think it's like more of a hassle to like unfollow someone unless people are like oh shut up about your dog. Mm. Or shut up about your food. But yeah, this is all, uh, who knows? They could get real sick. Of, oh, I don't want business shit. Show me what fucking brushes you use. And that's that's about it. <laughs> Just a disclaimer, Ben doesn't hate everyone that asks him what brushes No, you. definitely not. It's a, it's a joke. It's a running joke that we have because it's one of my most asked questions. Yeah. And it's, I use free brushes here. If, for any of you people, these here we go. We've got a crossover. Any people that are into it, like are the art people that follow me, I use Ahmed Aldori's free brush pack. And Max Grecky's paid brush pack. Don't just Google that. If you ask me for the link, I will not talk to you in DMs ever again. Because if you ask me, I give you. I say hey, I use this one and this one. Is like, oh, do you have a link? Mm. It's like, Man, just Google, just Google it. If you ask, you have to be really nice. Yeah. If you're nice, I've got time for you. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah. So there you go. For my art people that are listening to this, but yeah, no, it's fine. You ask me. For, you can ask me as much as you want. I don't care. Mm-hmm. I'm only being silly. But um, what were we talking about before I disclaimed? <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, where were we at? Twitter. Uh, following. Following, yeah. yeah. Well, see, I, I, hate, I hate calling it that. Mm. It's like I follow it. It's like, what am I, the fucking messiah? Like, no. It's, they're people mm-hmm. at the end of the day. That's what I – it's front of mind because I'm writing about this at the moment. The They're people. Mm-hmm. They're like you and me. They're no different, right? Well, they are different, but everyone's different. But it's not like a following or like even an audience feels gross mm. to say, like about yourself. It's just weird. But like, what else do you call you, a large group of people that? Could are, you call it a community, or is that a bit? That's even wanky. I don't mm. know. Maybe I'm a little bit jaded to like all the buzzwords <laughs> and stuff because you hear all this shit in like tech. It's like, yeah, build a community around this and like. Mm. Fucking startup community and this and this. it's like yeah mm. whatever yeah. <laughs> like yeah I could just be j- a bit jaded myself but if the button literally says follow and the UI says followers it is what it is I guess but mm-hmm. yeah yeah so Twitter's what you're looking into next not next alongside yeah. so it's it's almost like okay I picked up speed with Instagram then I brought Twitter along for the ride and that's growing. It's mm. harder to grow on Twitter. Mm. I found like it's not as um, I could have gotten lucky with Instagram, though. Like where the algorithm was at, the type of content that I posted, and the speed at which I grew, I think mm. I, I could have been lucky. I guarantee there's definitely an aspect to that. It makes sense because it's so visual the stuff that you put out. Yeah, it may, it's like the platform for me at the moment. Like, and it's where the artists hang out. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I mean, they're not too happy about it at the moment because it's going into TikTok land oh, with yeah. rules and stuff. But I'm like, <laughs> I've spent ages <laughs> figuring out After Effects before I did any of this shit. So I was like, yeah, it's easy. <laughs> Just make some reels. It's fine. But uh, yeah, Twitter's very different. But I'm getting followers like through there, which is cool. Like there's growth there. Mm. And now I'm next, I think I'm going to be folding in YouTube, mm. longer form content. Mm. But it's like you, if you try and hit them all at once, it's shit of you just yeah. burn out. I think you would. It's, yeah. it's almost like Instagram's just got to become second or, or like your first, your home, like your initial home online mm. has got to be second nature. Mm. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's like you, you know, you're raising children and the Instagram one has gotten a bit older now. It doesn't, yeah. does, doesn't need as much attention. It can kind of manage itself. Yeah. Doesn't need as Plays much time. Plays up a little bit every now and then, but you sort of yeah, get it. Yep. You just hit them a couple times. No, don't <laughs> no, 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 no. Disclaimer, I don't endorse that at all. <laughs> no, nah, fuck the disclaimers. It's a joke. Oh, but yeah, that's a, good, that's a good analogy. It's like, yeah. And it's, it comes back to this whole habit building thing as well for me. Mm. Like with everything that I, like with the gym. Going every day, like, okay, cool. I'm going to, just like with content, say, think of these in parallel. I'm going to go to the gym and I'm going to do it seven days a week. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go for two hours a day. Fucking stupid. A small majority, a small minority of people that might work for. Mm-hmm. But for me, nah. You just burn out because then you, like, day five, something comes up, you get sick, this or that. Mm. Oh, now I've lost my streak. Mm. Oh, then it's such a big mountain to climb. It's, oh, tomorrow I've got to do two hours or, like, even an hour. It's like, shit, we'll just go once a week, once a week and have some fun. Mm. And that's how I think with most things or skills or habits that you're trying to build. Start really small. I don't know about you because I get, I get very excited about new things. Yeah, And me I too. put more, all my time into it because it feels good. Yeah. And I wonder if that's kind of like the downfall. Yeah. You, you, you know, you get really excited about something and you, you want to play with all these different things in that area. And then after like a week, you're like, okay, I don't feel like doing this anymore. Yeah. Because <laughs> I was reading, there was a thread on Hacker News, which I read sometimes yeah. about a little bit about this. And they were talking about, People who have this kind of conundrum where they're like, you know, go deep mm-hmm. at first 
mess up their sleep, you know, <laughs> many hours because it's so easy to get into that flow state when you're learning something and mm-hmm. you know, everything, every little thing that you learn feels good. Yeah. But I wonder if it's good to, as a counterbalance to that, to kind of attenuate that attention in yeah. the beginning and just slow it down and maybe try to ha- have kind of consistent, like you're talking about, break it down into something much smaller that you can mm. do every day. Yeah. I wonder if that helps in burning out. I haven't really tried that, but maybe yeah. it's something they can do. It's interesting. That's a, that's a very interesting way of thinking about it because I've, I've started to do that myself. Mm. Like even with this audio recording stuff, like I'm very tempted that like that we're learning at the moment. I'm very tempted to just spend a whole day mm-hmm. and just go deep. What is compression? What is equalizer? Mm-hmm. Blah, 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 blah. But I've sort of forced myself to, okay, let's save this energy. It's like, Think of a bucket. Well, this is how I think about new skills and this this sort of stuff that I get really excited about and I want to go deep. Think of a bucket that's full, like your motivation. It's like a motivation bucket. It's just full to the brim, right? Mm. And it regenerates, but only if there's some motivation in there, okay? Mm. If you dump that whole bucket out, it's got nothing to to work with. Or Okay, and, I, and this is a shit analogy, sorry. How bread's made. It has like the, you got to put like the yeast right, or like this, the this old. This to me. I've never made bread. Okay, shit. No, no, no. Um, keep going. Keep going. Okay. No. It's almost like how you need, you need like some of the old bread or like the old dough to kickstart the, fuck, sound like an idiot. No. I don't know what I'm talking about. No, Basically, no, keep going, don't, keep going. don't max yourself out or I, I try to do, uh, do what you want. I'm not your dad. But for me, I- Try not to max myself out on mm-hmm. the things that I'm leave really excited about. Leave some in the around. tank. There you go. Yep. That whole thing, leave some in the tank. Leave some in the tank. Mm-hmm. So and then can... that tank will be full for a very long time. Leave some in the tank so you can start the engine. There you go. Yeah. All right. I like that. Yeah. Because yeah. if you don't, it's going to screw up the, screw up the engine it's, mm-hmm. and it's irreplaceable neither, or it's going to cost a lot. <laughs> neither of us know how cars work. Fuck no. <laughs> I just had a service this morning. <laughs> the lovely guy fucking just- yeah, speaking bloody Chinese at me. I don't know how to talk Chinese. Might as well be t- talking Chinese. Doesn't compute with me at all. I, he could have said anything. He mm-hmm. said, oh, okay, this costs you five grand. I'm like, okay, I guess. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm sure that happens to a lot of people as well. Like for all I know, I, I got bloody screwed over, but I don't <laughs> think so. He seemed really nice, so yeah. But yeah, keep some in the tank. Keep some in the tank. Because I guess for us, us types or whatever, people who have the tendency to yeah. go deep. I think that's why we, we talk well with mm. each other. Or like we have a, that sort of stuff in common mm. and why we're even talking like, about this stuff because mm. we like like to go deep in this kind of thing. But mm. yeah. Go deep, but yeah. not too deep. Or not yeah. <laughs> Don't indulge uh-huh. too much. Don't eat the whole block of chocolate. Leave some motivation for the next day. Have a little piece of chocolate. Enjoy it. Savor it. And then get excited a bit tomorrow to come back to that block of chocolate. And oh shit, there's some more freaking blocks on the chocolate. Mm. Yeah, because that, that was another thing I read was some someone had success, let's say in programming, because mm. I can go deep into a project once it begins. Mm. Yeah, sometimes the motivation will burn out, mm. or you don't feel as excited about it in the days following or whatever. But what he would do is he would leave a little easy task unfinished mm. the previous day. Yep, that he could finish the next day. Yeah. Just to get him started. Yep. And then that little bit could get him started to then work on the whole thing. Mm-hmm. When I'm living my best life, that's what I do. Mm. I leave like small tasks for future me. Mm. Yeah. That's, I heard that somewhere. 
or I think it was like Einstein or Ben Franklin or someone. Like I can't remember. <laughs> some old guy. Yeah, some old dude <laughs> that uh that yeah, always leave something to like never finish all your work mm. for the day. Mm. Always leave a little bit for the next day. So that's really good advice, I think. Yeah. Mm. It seems so simple. I think most of the the best advice is. Mm. I think there's one thing uh, Alex Hamozi said. It's like we oftentimes don't need to know new things or learn new things. We often need to just be reminded mm. of simple foundational things that we forget. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, and that's something that really resonates with me. But, yeah, leave some in the tank. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So just wondering how could I use that in terms of creating or writing? Let's say I was writing or – have you done any writing since last week? I have done a little bit of writing. Oh, you have? Yeah, a little <gasps> bit of writing. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Talking about some of the stuff that we were talking about earlier. Yeah. With um motivation, things like that. Awesome. Yeah. Where was I? <laughs> so you've done a bit of writing. Yeah. So how how can you use that? Yeah. To, well, how did you feel about the writing? Like, were you like, do you want to like just go home right now and continue writing on the stuff? No, I don't. So that's all right. <laughs> you- <laughs> well, for me, like with writing, I find that I. I get stuck very quickly. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's like perfectionist side of me or something, but oftentimes if I'm writing and I'm not doing it in a stream of consciousness kind of way, I'm just like very slow. Mm. By stream of consciousness, I mean like turn off that part of my brain that is judging, that trying to yeah. make the sentence perfect, that is trying to make the sentence even make sense in the English language, yeah. but just like writing down whatever comes to mind mm-hmm. as soon as possible and trying to just get rid of that barrier that's just like, no, 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 that doesn't sound quite right. No, yeah. no you could reword that in a different you're way. You're almost like, a, like dynamically editing as you're going. At least that's what I, I do mm. and it fucking frustrates. Like it's something that I've got to mentally say, okay, no, don't worry about it. Just keep going. Mm. Keep going. Because, yeah, like you're saying, like with the, I'd imagine it's your journaling. It's essentially like journaling. Right? Yeah. It's essentially journaling and just, yeah, just writing that out. And then I guess I do feel better afterwards or after feel better that I've written something. Yeah. Even if it, like, you know, it's disjointed and it goes back and it doesn't really make complete sense. And yeah. why am I talking about this, you know, topic in the middle of this topic? And yeah. you know, at the very least, that can be that can be edited, right? Yeah. You can I think you can that's, they're that. two separate things that need to be really compartmentalized. Mm. So the first thing is just getting the thing, getting something going. Because it is that weird feeling of like, oh, I've made something. Mm. Like because I'm not a writer. I used to hate English. In high school, couldn't stand it. Couldn't imagine me writing a blog about anything. Like, mm-hmm. but but I'm really starting to enjoy it. And one of the little dopamine hits that I get is after I finish, mm. well, not finished, but even just done like a chunk of writing that I can see. I was like, huh, there's some nuggets of value in here for people. Mm. There's some things that are cool that I can rem- be reminded of. And the best writing sessions are the ones where I don't give myself any like critiques as I go. Mm. I'm not editing as I go. That sentence doesn't make sense. Just rewrite it another way if I want to. And then oftentimes that allows me to have different ideas that come into my head as I'm writing Mm -hmm. that are connected to this one topic Mm -hmm. that I can then do as a separate thing later and edit it. Mm -hmm. So I think at least for me, separating those two, they're they're two different skills, Mm -hmm. right? Because you've you've even got people that are editors Mm -hmm. and that's what they do, Mm -hmm. right? So yeah, for me, separating those two sessions – Really helps. Mm. Is this how you approach drawing or sketching, painting? No. No. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I was hoping for a really good analogy there, but I guess not. I was I was thinking of one because I mean, like every like everything, it depends. Mm-hmm. Withdrawing, it's almost like the first draft is like a layer, particularly with like digital art, or you can think of your first sketch as your first draft. Then add another layer on top, mm-hmm. second pass, another layer on top, third pass, and then you have got the line work. Mm. Fourth part, you can do a hundred passes and still have like a little essence of the first sketch if you want, or Mm. you can do a completely new thing. Mm. So, I guess in that sense, it's it's the same. I wonder if you could do that in writing where you, you know, you write a first draft and then you just rewrite it using the original as the reference. I think there's some crossover there with even the whole atomic ideas or the atomic, like, oh, maybe not. No, because that gets me into like coding. Mm. But like if you've got like atomic ideas that you write down as you have them that you can then use in more of your different – they're like components essentially Mm. that you can then organize in a way that you can connect those components into another – like they're a part of another bigger idea but you've already got those other things written. Mm. So that's – I don't know. That's where my mind just went with that kind of thing. But yeah, I don't know about the crossover with drawing – and kind of like ed- editing. I wonder if there's a crossover in programming. I wonder if this is similar to premature yeah. optimization, yes. where you spend too much time, hundred percent, optimizing something when you mm-hmm. the first thing is to just get it out there. Yep. Because one of the one of the rules in programming that someone came up this isn't a rule, but it's like pretty advice. Good, pretty good thing to follow. Yeah. It's to make it one first, make it work, and then make it right, mm-hmm. and then. Three, make it fast mm-hmm. in that order, right? Right, as in correct. Yes, correct. as in yeah. correct. Yeah, just make it first, and mm. then and then and then worry about the other steps afterwards. That's a very good sort of parallel, mm. I think. Yeah. Mm. So not to prematurely optimize your um, writing. Yep. Does that work in drawing too? Is there some sort of thing like premature optimization? It depends. <laughs> <laughs> yes, actually, you know what? Yes. Yeah. If if. If I'm trying to come up with, say, like a character or like a mm-hmm. stylization or I'm using reference, if I go straight into trying to get the 3D forms and really understand the thing in 3D first up without getting the gesture, the gesture mm. meaning like the flow or the essence, let's say, without sounding wanky, like of the person, object, character, whatever, mm-hmm. it can really stiffen up the pose mm-hmm. in like not a good way. Mm. So, that, yep, there is a parallel there where- yeah, if you don't do the gesture first or you don't get the flow or something, it loses a lot and it takes a lot longer because you're oftentimes trying to fix that gesture problem or the flow problem mm. as you're going down, like as, like as you start to render, as you put the line work on, things aren't looking right. It's looking really stiff. And then trying to reverse engineer that after the fact is a lot harder than just getting the gesture down right. in the first, first so place. So you get like a trickle-down effect where if yeah. you don't fix it in the beginning, then it hits you at the end. If you don't fix that essence in the beginning, there's mm. a lot of things you can, but just as you get better, like as I've gotten better and just as, as I'm sure as you get better with writing, you could do a lot of that stuff on the fly. So you might mm. not need the first 10 sketches to get the gesture right. Mm-hmm. You might just do the gesture once and then put another layer on top and then you're ready to go. Mm. Just like with your writing. You might just, as you do more writing, your sort of parallel editing gets better because mm. you've, sort of recognize patterns from previous like ah oh, oh, i always do this mm-hmm. let's try it a different way or here just, yeah you just sort of get better i guess that's it's part of getting better yeah. you get more efficient mm, efficiency yeah mm-hmm. 
Mm. So it's not necessarily cutting out sections or you're not cutting out editing or you're not cutting out the first draft. Could just be that you're getting more efficient. Mm. So it all happens at once potentially. Because mm. you've got you've got artists like Kim Jong Gi, where he will, with a pen, in real life, like a brush pen, just draw, and it looks fantastic. No mm-hmm. guidelines, no nothing. But then you listen to his interviews, mm-hmm. and he says, "I wish people could see what I see and the guidelines that I put down with my eyes, or like mm-hmm. with my with this understanding." Like mm-hmm. I don't think he actually sees guidelines like he's not like mm-hmm. a computer, but I think he uses certain lines where you just see as like a cool line or a cool object. Mm-hmm. He then uses that as reference for the next object mm-hmm. and then uses that as reference for the next object, perspective and that kind of stuff. And it's, mm-hmm. yeah, so I, I think there's definitely parallels there now thinking of it. Mm. That's, yeah. a, that's a good point you make about efficiency because mm. that's, like I wonder if that's more about what mastery is. It's not knowing all these different techniques, but it's about being very yeah. efficient at certain techniques that are very important. I think you've got to be good at the technique mm. first mm-hmm. and then you get efficient at being good, if that mm. makes sense. Because you can be efficient at doing shit work. <laughs> you can efficiently mm-hmm. put out crap. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, it, but it, I think it all happens in parallel to some degree as well. Like you get mm. better and then you get more efficient and then – you read something that someone else has done and you're like, oh, I like the way that they said that mm. or the way that they write or the, the analogies that, yeah, that they used. Then just like in art, you steal a little bit of their style. Mm. Fold it into yours, see how it feels. Mm-hmm. Sick. I like that. That really jives with all of the other sort of stylistic references that I've used that, mm. that is my style at the moment mm-hmm. without having much experience with writing. Mm. I think that that makes sense as well. I mean, that's the... That's like the Bruce Lee philosophy, right? Yeah. What's that? You know, so he invented a martial art called Jeet Kune Do. Yeah. And at the time he invented this, different martial arts had like specific ways of doing things. You know, you do things this school's way, you do things this school's way. But his whole philosophy was that, you know, you take what's good and what works for you and Mm. you leave the rest. Hmm. just That's the art of Jeet Kune Do. Yeah. Taking what works, leave the rest. So it's kind of like, he calls it the style of no style. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Yeah. It sounds good, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's everything and nothing all at once. <laughs> wow. Is that another quote? <laughs> there you go. No, I just made that up on the spot. <laughs> Unless I didn't. But maybe I did. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But thinking about, yeah, thinking about things in, in more that way in terms of developing a style. Mm. And when we're talking about efficiency, one of the analogies I come back to is in fighting. Mm. Not that I'm a fighter or anything. I just enjoy it as a kind of as an outside observer mm-hmm. and in sports like uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and in MMA, mm. fundamentally it's about a battle of energy. Mm. There is the strength and technique part of it, but if you can execute a technique with more efficiency than the other person, mm. which means that you use more less energy for the same effect, then mm. you can outlast them. Yeah. Even in things like in bouldering, which I enjoy, mm. you know, I can do certain moves but they can take a lot of strength for me, mm. you know, and then I'm tired and then my arms are tired and I can't do much more. But but when you look at the good boulders, they can execute those maneuvers with such efficiency that it looks so graceful mm. and they can do that all day long because yeah. they know exactly how to maneuver their body in a way such that they don't have to expend as much energy to do a certain maneuver. Yep. And that's where the mastery is, you know, knowing how to do certain techniques with less energy so that you can do longer routes or you can train more or whatever. Mm. I guess in the beginning you uh, 
you're not so much worried about efficiency as just doing stuff. Mm-hmm. And then over time you develop that efficiency. Yeah. I guess in writing that's in not having to throw away so many drafts, you know, because mm. you just get better at writing the, the good writing on the first pass mm. in drawing, same kind of thing. You don't yeah. have to spend as much time doing those gestures. Yep. Getting the gesture right in the beginning, you kind of do it first pass. And then mastery is at the stage where, like you're talking about that Kim artist. Yeah, Kim, Kim Jong-gi, yeah. Yeah, he can kind of just get it first pass, you know, yeah. and he's kind of like, he's getting in as he goes along. You know, each stage is so masterful mm. that he doesn't need to spend so much time repeating yeah. and editing. But it's the same process as every other person should be doing. Similar, similar processes, yeah. But there was also something that he tried to draw that wasn't his style because it's, it's still his particular style as well. Mm. I think this is the same with anyone. Mm-hmm. If if you start then going outside of your level of, or your sort of circle of competency, then you become a beginner again mm-hmm. in a sense. Mm-hmm. There might be a lot of crossover that you've got from this particular skill that you've quote unquote mastered or you've got really good at mm-hmm. and you can bring it over and you can mm-hmm. sort of leapfrog a lot of previous work that you might have had to do. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's still like as you go outside of that level of competence, that circle of competency, yeah, you kind of become a beginner again. Mm. which is what he did. I think he was trying to draw something and he couldn't do it or he couldn't do it as well as whatever. And everyone was like, oh, you can't. And he's like, yeah, well, I don't, I don't draw this shit. What do you expect? Like, he's a fraud. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I think it was like he was drawing like an anime girl, mm. like in a very specific anime style. And he's like, yeah, I don't, I don't draw this shit. Like what? what yeah. <laughs> it is what it is. But yeah. Do you think as a master you – I'm not saying you're a master. But, no. But you are a master not. in no, some ways. I appreciate it, but no. <laughs> um, <laughs> do you think as a master – you can learn the art of mastering mm-hmm. and then take it to other skills. Yep. And do you think that they're general enough that you can do that for most skills or any skill? I personally believe that. And that's why I've got mm. a section on learning on my, mm. on my website because I love that stuff because it's helped me so much. And the cornerstone of that kind of thing is habits, mm-hmm. doing the thing to begin with because you're not going to get better at it if you're not doing it and mm-hmm. if you're not doing it consistently at that. So it is really a skill and you can mm. shortcut quote unquote shortcut, whatever that means in any particular skill, but you could really get good or like a working knowledge or as good as say, maybe not mastery, but as like the top, I don't know, 10% of people in the world. I think even higher than that. Even higher than that Mm. pretty quickly. Mm. Like you get serviceable in a bunch of different skills pretty quickly Mm. and Again, then it comes down to efficiency of learning skills. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, I taught myself how to draw in the very beginning to a serviceable level. And then I taught myself, okay, I got to do some of this like video editing kind of stuff, content creation kind of things. And I was like, mm-hmm. all right, now I really want to learn how to code. So, all right, that's what I did with code. I didn't go to school for that. Mm-hmm. I just Google and YouTube my way, kept consistent with it, mm-hmm. dropped off, dropped back on, like up back on it. Like it's, it's the sort of cycle of things. But yeah, mm-hmm. I really think that that like learning is a skill. In a way, mm. do you think you've figured out the process that works for you, or you've like you've thought about it enough that you have that initial version of that process thought out? I think so, but it's always evolving and depending mm-hmm. depending on the skill. Because if I want to get really good at sailing, I can't get good at that as quickly as say like coding because I can't just go out just make sail notes. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Pop them on Instagram. <laughs> but it's like if I don't live near the beach, then it's like, oh fuck, I'm going to drive there every morning to. Mm. You know what I mean? I don't have a boat, so it's like, mm-hmm. eh. so there's also got to be that more pragmatic way to look. It's like, okay, I need the tools mm-hmm. at my disposal to get the practice done. But yeah, I think honestly. 
the core level, it comes down to consistency. Consistency, 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 habits, but also doing it in a way where you're challenging yourself. It's not just going through the motions. Because mm. it's like for coding in particular, you can get caught in tutorial hell where mm. you're just watching YouTube and you're following tutorials. You're getting the outcome that the tutorial gets you, mm-hmm. but did you learn anything? Mm. You're like copying it. It's just like rote memorization. It's like, okay, cool. I do this. I write this code. I do this. I write. There's got to come a time where you've got to get an understanding and build your own stuff. Mm. And that's what I would, that's one of the most recent things I think I've learned in this process is get to creating very small things of your own quickly mm. or doing stuff on your own very quickly using the skills that you've learned. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, with drawing. I had to do this kind of in another sense with doing stylized stuff because I always did realistic mm-hmm. drawing and painting and I was literally just copying the photo one for one. Mm. And I was like, shit, this is getting boring. I want to create my own characters. How do I do this? Mm. So I went through that process consistently every day, look at people that are doing the thing that I want to do mm-hmm. and try and reverse engineer it. Mm-hmm. And then, okay, cool. I can see why they're doing certain things. Let's try and do it with using my own reference mm. or let's try and create my own character because mm-hmm. I, I could have spent the same amount of time just copying people mm-hmm. one for one, like verbatim, like every, like every line. Mm-hmm. I can, I'm really good at that, mm-hmm. right? But it's, I'm not learning anything. Mm. In that sense, you get some stuff out of that because mm. you, you get like a feel for what they're doing. But there comes a time where you've really got to branch out on your own and create your own project. So it sounds like there's consistency and then there's consistently doing the right thing. Yeah, the quote unquote right thing, depending on your goals. Mm. That can mean a lot of things. But yeah. How do you find that? The right thing? Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess it, it comes down to like the goal, right? What do mm. you want? Why do you want to do this? If you're doing it for fun and you really just like copying people's photos, mm. go for it. You're there. Just keep doing that. Mm. But if my goal was to be able to invent characters and mm. invent things from my head mm-hmm. and just draw whatever I wanted, mm. the skills that I've acquired up until that point really wouldn't get the job done. Mm. So, okay, I, that was my goal. Mm. Then I go out and say, all right, what's the next steps? Look at how other people were doing it, reverse engineer that sort of stuff, get courses, get tutorials, some free, some paid. And then after I sort of got an understanding of what they were doing, mm. like get, get like I like to get a broad array of different materials when I'm first starting out on mm-hmm. like a, a particular goal, whether it's something that I like a, it might not be a brand new skill, like drawing wasn't a brand new skill, but it's a, a brand new segment of that skill. Mm-hmm. Get a broad array from different teachers and different things because someone will say something one way and you'll be like, what the fuck are they talking about? Like, mm. But then another person says, Afterwards, you realize it's the exact same thing. But it's like, no, the way they said that is like, oh, shit, I get it. Mm-hmm. And it's like the aha moment. It's like mm-hmm. it finally clicks. So I get a broad array of different materials. And then, yeah, just go to town, consistency. But you've got to transition away pretty quickly from at least what I think mm-hmm. from copying to doing it on your own. And that's where, because you, you'll find the gaps really quickly. It's like, ah, mm-hmm. oh, shit, my line work's horrible. Like I can draw anything now or I can draw like in 3D, but like my line work's really bad. Cool. Mm. Go back through that process. Who does the best line work? Get a bunch of their work. Again, broad array from different teachers, different art styles. Boom. Next step. Copy, copy, copy. Cool. I get it now. Put it into my Mm. own work. That's kind of at a high level my process for learning Mm. new stuff. 
Is it like consistently being curious and engaged? Yes. Yeah. yeah. You got it. You got it, right? Yeah. yeah we're not at school. Well, I mean, you might be that's listening to this. You just <laughs> got to do the shit that you don't want to do. But we're talking about building our own skill set, our own interests. No one's forcing you to do this stuff. Mm. It should be really a given that you're like curious about it. Mm. And that's going to be the easiest thing to learn. And you're going to get the most, I think you're going to get the most value out of it or the fastest results mm-hmm. when you're really keen. Because if it just feels like a drag, you're like, why am I even doing this shit? Mm. You can't wait to stop doing this thing and then going and doing the thing that you really want to do. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think you've got to have a real curiosity mm. about stuff and like why, a lot of whys, right? Why are they doing this? Mm. Which then comes down to back to what I was talking about, about not copying, not copying and asking why. Is that something you find because you've had this following for a while, got an audience of people who basically want to learn how to draw and mm. do art. Do you feel like they are curious enough? Do you feel like some of them aren't following that curiosity as much as they should be? Yeah, some of them are like, I mean, it's such a broad array of people, but some of them are really like, they don't know where, like they ask me questions of like, I want very broad questions. Mm -hmm. I want to get better. Mm -hmm. What do you recommend? Mm -hmm. And like my favorite, like this is the thing with everything. Like it depends. This Mm -hmm. is what I, it really depends. First, all right, what are your goals? Mm -hmm. What do you want to do? If you want to be an environment artist, don't go practicing character drawing for the next six months. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If you want to be a 3D sculptor, don't just start sketching on paper. Mm. Get the tools that make sense for the goals that you're after, right? Mm. All right. Well, we got to wrap up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. yeah, we got the – we have booked a room and our booking time is over. Unfortunately, because this is really, this is really fun. We were just getting to the meat of it. But oh, I know. That's okay. That's all right. But keep them hanging. Yep. That's a, yeah, yes. keep them coming Leave back some for more. tomorrow. Don't that's, empty the tank. There you go. Keep <laughs> let, keep it in the tank. No, keep some in the tank. Yeah. So keep it in the tank. So you can start the engine. There next you day. go. All right. All right. Block of chocolates and fucking yeah, all that good stuff. So yeah, thank you for listening. If you have listened up to, up until this point. Yep. I'm Ben. I'm Francis. And we'll see you in the next one. See ya.